Blog Talk Radio. Hallelujah.
You know, the Bible says, when it talks about a confidence, the confidence of a compassionate prayer intercessor. You know, some of us aren't preachers. Uh, some of us don't have, in my opinion, or at least for myself, I don't have what it takes to sit there and look at a congregation knowing that only 2% of them are really honoring God with a tithing offering. <laughs> you know what I mean? Go out in the parking lot and I have no tires on it, uh, on my vehicle. Um, so, uh, God puts gifts in us that, that it, if it's not going to be a pastor, maybe it's an evangelist, maybe it's a prayer intercessor. Um, you know, maybe it's someone that, uh, you know, um, mows the lawn for the church. But the word says, what John says, chapter 5 says, now this is the confidence that we have in him. This is the confidence that we at prayerinternational.org have in our Lord Jesus Christ. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, that whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions. We know in our heart that we have the request that we have asked of him. Hallelujah. Hear my cry, O oh God. Attend to my prayer. Heavenly Father, we open this broadcast tonight from the studios out of the heartland of the United States, Kansas. Lord God, we thank you that you hold in your everlasting, merciful, graceful, loving hands, Israel. Lord God, we wrap a hedge protection prayer. Psalms 91 around our nation's head. President Obama, the presidential cabinet members, the state house of representatives, the house of congress, all of our armed forces, United States Supreme Court, United States troops, law enforcement, state prison systems, our fire, rescue, paramedics, emergency medical systems, services, churches, ministries, apostles, pastors, teachers, evangelists, prophets, missionaries, the poor, the lost, and our loving families. All denominations. The entire body of Christ, we pray for unity in all the body of Christ. I think there needs to be unity in the body of Christ more than there is in the world. Amen. We pray for intercessory prayer to ignite revival, to flourish throughout our country. In the name of Jesus, the Nazarene. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Today, I want to lift my brother Sean to the Lord. Today is his birthday. Hallelujah. I didn't, I guess you didn't if know. If anyone knows Sean, I can tell you I'm 47 years old when I met Sean. Sean, I met through Christopher Herzog, 
a mighty man of God. He's got a prophetic mantle over his life that's uh, unknown. It's just beyond recognition. Uh, very well known. But I met Sean. They had this great money-making opportunity down in McAllen, Texas. All we had to do was pay our way down there, <laughs> pay for all our expenses, and maybe they were going to pay it. You know, boy, that's a great deal. Go down there and, you know, take my money out of my pocket, pay my hotel, pay all my food, and, and work around the clock for seven days and, and come back and get on your knees and pray to the Lord that you get paid. <laughs> well, let me tell you, you know how many you know how many times I've done that and, you know, um, Hmm. Well, praise Jesus. I, I got to tell my LinkedIn. Do what? I got to tell the whole story about this. Um, so, so what happened was I, I've been doing computer contracting work for a lot of different clients for years and years, and um, I had a client call me, and they had a bank that was uh, a Compass Bank that was changing ownership. And so they needed a, they I I wanted they I just, they actually just um, I got the job for just one tech which was me, and because I was really just trusting the Lord for money and um, I called the guy up and who was in, responsible for the job and I was like okay um, when do I, what do I do where do I show up and he's like well I'm still trying to get the other people I need and I was like well how many people do you need and he's like well we need like twenty thirty people for this job and do you know anybody and I'm like not really. So I called Chris, and I was like, Chris, because I knew Chris was, um, at the time, um, they could always be blessed with extra money. I'm like, okay, so here's the deal. We have this job. It pays somewhere between six and $700 for a week. We have to go down to McAllen, Texas, and work for a couple of days. Do you know anybody? But they had, And I told them, they need to be people who know how to do this. It's supposed to be really simple computer work, just plugging stuff in from what I was told. And so Chris gets me a list of like 17 people, most of them I've never met before. All, um, I think most of them came from his church and some of his other friends, and I didn't know who any of these people were. So I submitted this list and said, okay, these are the people. Um, Paul and Olivia ended up driving all the way down there, which is more than a couple of hours. And... Um, and so I, I've been doing computer work, trying to teach Chris computer work, and we get down there for this really professional bank job, and I have me and a whole hey, bunch hey, of you, it was yes, it was nine hours, nine hours, okay, <laughs> yeah, nine hour <laughs> drive. <laughs> Amen. And so we get down there, and I'm looking at all these people Chris brought, and I'm like, I really hope at least one of them know how to put a computer together. Amen. And so I had no idea what to expect, but at the same time, I had no idea what the Lord was planning. And, you know, the Bible says a man will plan his ways, but the Lord will direct his steps, and the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. And so during the week, what proceeded, and not everybody who um, was on the team was like the best computer tech. Some of them had almost no experience. Some of them had some. And, but that was beside the point. The point was, is this group of Christians most of them who didn't know each other go to this bank job working for a week and next thing you know I'm trying to like get everything organized and get the work done and I hear that there's people in the lobby from my group who are praying for the bank members 
and the bank members are getting killed, and the people who work in the bank are getting saved. And this group literally went down to a bank in McAllen, Texas, and did street ministry inside of the bank with the people who are working at the bank. And it turns out that the Lord had set in motion a course to establish and to knit together friends and to build relationships. Because, you know, in the long run, everything turns down to our relationship with the Lord and the people he puts in our lives. And because you never know the person you touch and who they're going to touch and so on and so on. And like we said before, I mean, everybody knows who Billy Graham is, but probably nobody can name the person who led him to the Lord. But And so that's the kind of impact that we have on people. And, you know, to go down there and see people like Paul laying hands on people and and all the other people, I mean, it's just amazing because even years later, because I believe that was like 2008 or something like that, and even today the Lord has still kept um, some of these people in, in our lives. And, you know, the Lord gets all the glory and honor because he sent us all down there, and I'm sure it wasn't just to make this a little bit of money that we made down there, but it was that those people in that bank on the edge of Mexico who may never – someone in that bank probably never knew who Jesus was. They never trusted in the Lord. People who needed healing had nowhere to turn. They were hopeless. They were lost until some people from a completely different city were told to come do a job. They weren't doing. They weren't in a church. They weren't doing ministry on the street. They weren't doing missions out in another country. They were just doing their job, and through their job, the love of Christ and the presence of the Holy Spirit was so overpowering that it took over a thing. And you know, so when we say that you can do ministry anywhere, it's true. I mean, when we say that you can pray and you can intercede and you can change people's lives, it doesn't matter where you are. You don't have to be in church because most people, most people who need something from the Lord, aren't going to be in church. To be and you know, it's it's a real testimony to how the the what the Holy Spirit can do for those people who trust Him. I mean, for those people who are willing to believe in Him, and I mean, take Him at His word. Uh, he says, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So you go out and you start laying hands on the sick and watching them recover. <laughs> he says, pray for the sick, pray for, I mean, I mean, you pray. Okay, go ahead, Paul, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, Sean, you remember, you must have known the, it's funny, the, the, the day's about the number nine, and we're going to talk about that tonight. But you was up on the ninth floor, and I came up there, and I said, Sean, I said, look, we're down in the, down here in the lobby, you got this woman named Sharon Westbury, uh, either Newberry or Westbury. <laughs> this my wife is over there at a bank desk, and we're having my wife is doing the software on this stuff. And this woman, who's Holy Ghost filled, let me tell you, God has she's got a prophetic man on her life. She's a seer. She's a visionary. She's full of the Holy Ghost. She prays in tongues. She's a phenomenal woman of God. I never met her in my life, and she didn't know. She didn't even know what a computer was. Go get that computer over there. She brings a chair. <laughs> oh, and before you continue the story, let me just tell you. Sharon, that day, I had not been married. I had. I was not married. I was um, just dating my wife, Rebecca. And this woman, who I had never met, I get on a on, on this like on this plane to fly down to McAllen, Texas, and this woman, Sharon, actually. Walks up to me and starts prophesying over me about seeing my future wife, and I'm like, okay. She says my future wife is is I'm about to meet my future wife, and I'm dating a person I didn't even realize that I was looking around, being like, okay, what am I doing? I'm dating someone, and my future wife's on the way because I didn't know that the person I was with was the one. 
but Sharon did because she saw it in the spirit. And then she started prophesying about how she saw me having a little girl. And I, I don't, I don't have any kids. My wife had three when we got married. And it's like, okay, so we're, she's, and my wife's um, tubes were tied, so she couldn't get pregnant. And it's like, okay, so how are we going to get a little girl? A year and a half ago, CPS gave us a kid, a six-year-old. And so this woman who I had never met started prophesying over me about things that didn't happen for like five years later. Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead, Paul. So anyway, um, this crazy lady, the reason why she came to mind is the other day, I'm, two days ago, I'm on this job. That, uh, I'm helping a friend of mine demolish, do a demo on a house out here. We're just taking it, you know, doing a complete demo on it. And we got it all scattered all over this property. And I'm I'm helping shovel it into a big uh, uh, tractor scoop deal uh, in, the, in the bucket of a tractor. And uh, I told him, I said, I wish I had that woman down from McAllen, Texas, that told that computer she started praying in the Holy Ghost because she didn't know how to do software, how to install all that software on these computers down in the bank lobby. And mind you, we had 1,100 computers to do this to, okay? We had a week to take all the computers out, put new computers in, and then put new software in. And then one night, they were just going to change switches, and it was going to go from Bank of Texas to Compass Bank, like that, okay? And here we are in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the last hour, the midnight hour, and this woman's over there praying in the Holy Ghost, telling the Holy Ghost to go over there and start installing this computer software in this computer after my wife just spent 45 minutes explaining to her how to do it. And she didn't even catch on. She didn't understand anything my wife was telling her. So what did she do? She starts telling the Holy Ghost to go do it. And I thought, man, <laughs> I went upstairs and I started telling John, Sean, Sean, who is this woman you got down here? She's she's commanding the Holy Ghost to go start installing all the software in these computers. And Sean says, oh, don't worry about it. She'll be okay. <laughs> hey, I was on the job site. And I was looking for, thinking about old Sharon Westbury, thinking that, you know, I wish Sharon was here so she could tell that Holy Ghost to come put all this house in this big old 40-yard contractor container. You know what I mean? <laughs> my arms are still, my arms are still sore. And what I'm doing is I'm sowing my first fruits of the year because my whole year, my whole month this month has been helping my dear friend who got taken advantage of. He paid a guy to do it. But he didn't do it, so he thinks the whole world's out to get him. So I, you know, I told the Lord I was going to go over there. That was going to be my first fruits offering for the year, okay? And I'm not taking a dime from him. So anyway, you know, getting back to Sean, you know, we step out in faith. The Holy Spirit told me, "You're not going down there to make money. You're going to go down there for, for miracles," because. The Holy Ghost put me in a church that was, you know, you go to church and there's already people laying on the ground, you know. Uh, you know, well, well, did they have a shoot out of here or what? I didn't know what was going on, you know. Uh, when you go from a bar life and you all of a sudden you get saved and you go into a church and everybody's laying on the ground, you'd think they had a shootout, you know what I mean? Oh, no, they're 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 laying, they're sliding the spirit, they told us. This is the honest truth. Well, 
So we we end up in a Holy Ghost filled church, Pentecostal, um, and laying on the hands of people getting healed. We didn't know what to do. We just started laying hands on everybody, and they started getting healed. You know, because we just had blind faith, <laughs> for real. And uh, what a what a ride it's been. So anyway, here we are months later. You know, we're going down to uh, McAllen, Texas, uh, with this friend of ours, and uh, we're supposed to make all this money. In the meantime, all these people got healed. Uh, Margaret Neely uh, from Compass Bank, which we're still in contact with. We went out and ate sushi and. Um, because she saw me in the bank lobby, and I have a very soft-spoken voice, you know. Uh, when I talk, you know, nobody can hear me. And here I am in a lobby of uh, marble, and I'm praying for this friend of hers. I can't remember his name, uh, but he's from Destiny uh, Church. And um, the bank office comes out from Florida, and we're down in Texas. And she says, you're a Christian. I said, yeah, she said, I sure need you to pray for me. She said, my doctor wants $12,000 for artificial insemination. I've been trying to get pregnant. And uh, I told her, I know a doctor. She said, oh, really? Uh, I told her, what cost her a dime? She just couldn't believe it. I said, his name is Dr. Jesus. <laughs> and um, <laughs> you know, I told her, well, we'll go out tonight. And later on, we'll go to your motel room. We'll throw some olive oil on you. It don't matter. It could be transmission oil, you know. But once we lay hands on that oil and we pray the Holy Ghost in it, and let God do His work. Well, believe it or not, she got pregnant five times after that. Okay, oh, uh, her fetus wasn't able to hold the baby, uh, and I still talk to Margaret. Uh, she's out of Jacksonville, Florida, and um, so, long story short, we all got paid. Unbelievable. We got paid. What we did is we, we, we was told to turn in our hours, and we was told to turn in what our expenses were and what all our food costs were, and it would be paid. And, and I'm going to tell you right now, uh, Thomas from the Bible, he drove down there with us. He slept in the room with us, and he drove back with us, and he stayed in my house for a long time, old Doubting Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I honestly got my check, and it was for one hundred percent of what I put in for. I mean, that is a miracle. And my entire life, I've never been on a job where where I, I did not have to arm wrestle for what I was due. And I can honestly tell you that the man who I worked for was Sean Holmberg. Uh, Sean. I love you, bro. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't care what. You, huh? In the long run, you actually got paid to go and um, and um, be a, um, and actually be a missionary and a disciple and to do all the things that Jesus did. And that's a great job to have, especially when you get when you get paid for it and you're not expecting to. But um, because you know, in the long run, I mean, I think that's literally the whole point is that you know the Lord's always trying to um, teach us lessons and. That one was about how he can actually um, do things no matter where you go. And um, because, you know, like you were saying about, like, the blind faith. I mean, someone told me once that you could actually take a Bible and give it to someone in, in a foreign country and or just get, give a Bible to a bunch of kids and tell them that they can do anything it says inside of it. 
And these kids will go take a Bible and start raising people from the dead because they don't know any better. And because they've never had a bunch of people telling them what's the right way and the wrong way and the proper way and what you should do and shouldn't do. They just read what the Bible says. They trust the Lord and what he said. And then they go and do everything that the Bible says they can do because they don't have any doubt. Because they haven't been taught to have doubt and anything else like that. Which is one of the... um, it's one of the really sad things about the church these days is all the things that the Bible talks about. It seems like most of the churches um, don't really they don't really believe it as much as they say it because if they did, we would actually see it. And not that it's all about signs and wonders; it's always about the Lord Jesus Christ. But I mean, it says Jesus um, saw the multitude when he. I mean, the story about him feeding the, um, the multitude with um, fish and bread and. You know, it says he, he stood there and he saw the multitude and he was moved with compassion. And most of the times when Jesus held people, it would talk about how he was moved with compassion. And, you know, if we can't say that we have the same compassion toward the lost and toward the people who are sick and the people who need healing, then, I mean, there's something seriously wrong with our perspective and our outlook. And, you know, I've had the Lord talk to me about it, about even praying and everything else that we do um, – as Christians, that your heart has to be in the right place. I mean, because, you know, it's not it's not about us. It's not about having a ministry. It's not about, I mean, it's not about any of that. It's about there's someone out there who needs the Lord Jesus for whatever reason it is, whether they need salvation or whether they need healing. And, you know, if the Lord Jesus was here, he'd be moved with compassion and be doing everything out of the love he has for them, and we should be having the same love for those people. And if we have that same love for people, then we're not going to let anything stop us from delivering them the good news and of what the Lord has for them. That's right. Well, um, hallelujah, Sean. Amen. Uh, I uh, sent a message to guest number 125 to see if they needed prayer. Um. But while we talk today, um, A, we want to reach out to our goal here for 2012. What the Lord put in my spirit is we're looking for prayer partners. We're looking for partners to partner up. The Bible says that iron sharpens iron. Um, God gave us the gift. He gave us the power in Acts 1-8. The power not to go to sleep, the power not to sit at home, the power to go to all nations, to all 217 nations, sovereign and non-sovereign. And my Holy Ghost that stirred up in me is, is we I want to start praying for all these nations, everyone that comes on the line in these prayer, in the name of Jesus. I want to give everything that I've been uh, provided by, by the works of God and the blessings of God, and pray for anyone and everyone. Um, and more than that, tonight, I just want to uh, take the time to thank Sean for everything that him and Rebecca has done, everything that him and um, Chris has done. It's Sean's birthday. And to give a prayer over Sean's life, um, you know, though we may be Christians, it don't mean, it don't mean that we don't need prayer. Um, so, into that. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, you know, and 
So, uh, I will start um, by saying this. In the book, in the Bible, the Word says that God is not a man that he shall lie, nor the Son of man that he should repent. And I talk about that just about every day because man will fail you. God is the only one that will not fail you. And the only reason why I have in my spirit to sow two hours a night, and everybody may think, well, two hours a night is not much. Uh, but let me tell you something. Uh, the devil can find a million things for you to do every night during this time. Um whether it's football, whether it's TBN, anything. It don't matter what time of day we do this. If it's 1 o'clock in the afternoon or 1 o'clock in the morning, I promise you, uh, it takes the love of God to do this. And uh, this is something that Sean and Chris have been doing for a year now. Um, I've been in it very minimum uh, helping them in other areas. This year the Lord told me to, to jump in the boat cast my nets, and that's what I'm going to do. So I want to pray for Sean. Um, the Bible says, and these signs will follow those that believe. Sean believes. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will not by any means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Um, that right there fits Sean. Sean fulfills that scripture well. Um, I see Sean in his walk. Um, you know, people think because you're a Christian you don't sin. Well, that's a bunch of hogwash. We all sin. Uh, we are of sin. What God does is, and you're talking, you're listening to a sinner. If, if anyone deserves to go to hell, I assure you I do, okay? Um, what God does is, is the things that are of sin, when you do it, he makes it where you can't, don't want to, he, he makes it where they're not enjoyable, okay? Um, if you have a problem with eating and you, you know, you just can't stop eating one piece of pie, you know, you got to eat three-fourths of the pie, well, if you really, truly got the Holy Ghost and you have stood on the Word of God and you've accepted the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you're a born-again Christian and if eating a whole cherry pie is a sin, well, I, I promise you, Jesus is going to make it where you're not comfortable. Whether it's smoking, whether it's drinking, you know, hopefully whether it's gossiping or whatever. Um, so, Sean, getting back to Sean... Um, I want to pray for Sean. I want the Lord to hear my prayer and open doors of opportunity for Sean. Um, and as we get started, if anyone out there, let me look right here for a second. Uh, did we lose our guest? Is it just me and you, Sean? Uh, no, we actually have um, we actually have someone who just called in for prayer. Um, Hallelujah. So this well, let's is, pray for them. Okay, so I'm going to bring her on the air, and this is in one second. Okay, this is Sarah from Florida. 
Can you hear me, Sarah? Yes. I can hear okay. you. Okay. Um, we'll Hallelujah, Sarah. Good evening. And what were you My prayer request uh, for a job opportunity, I've been applying, you know, for couple of months now and got a couple of positives or uh, positive is not the word I want to use. I got a couple of calls, so I'm waiting on, you know, callbacks. Let me ask you this. Your name is Sarah? Yes. Sarah, what a beautiful name. Uh, Thank you. That's a biblical name. Yes, it is. Uh, Sarah, hallelujah. Um, one of the things that I want to ask you, which is very important, is are you a believer? Have you received the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Has anyone ever told you that God loves you and he has a great plan for your life? Yes. Okay. Do you know for a fact right now, if um, there was a tsunami in Florida and you died right now, you'd go to heaven? I believe that I would. You believe that you would? Why is that? Yes. Because Why do you I believe am a that? believer. Because I know uh, the Lord died for me and, and, and saved me. And, you know, I've been a Christian for, you know, a long time. I've always gone to church. I'm a a country girl, and growing up, you know, you were not uh, asked, would you like to go to church today? We went whether we wanted to or not. <laughs> right. Well, I live in a town up here in the, in the heartland of the United States in Kansas, and oh. I've heard of Lutherans, but I've never been around them. I come from Dallas, Texas, and now I'm in a Lutheran town up in Kansas. And the Lutherans believe that and I go to church with a lot of men and women that have been in church their whole entire life. I asked one of my neighbors while well, my mom was in, in Dallas at Easter if she liked to go on a date. Now, mind you, this woman was an elderly woman. I, you know, you want to go on a date? She said, well, you know, I said, well, I said, not a date. I said, I, I just want to see if you want to go to church with me for Easter, you know, because uh, I thought that she needed church. And she said, oh, no, I'm going to the Norris Church. I said, really? I said, you go to church? I said, so, so I said, do you, so, you, so do you know for a fact you're going to go to heaven? She, she looked at me. She started crying. She said, well, no. And then I was very surprised that she said that because the Lutheran believed in by baptism that they're going to go to heaven. And I told her, I said, I said, uh, Janet, I said, the Bible says in John 3, 3 that you must be born again, that you must confess your sins, you must repent, and you must, as Jesus said to them, most assuredly I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So what I would like to do with you, and it's real simple, it's just lead you through about a 30-second prayer, if there's any doubt, we know for a fact you're going to go to heaven and then pray for you. Pray over hindering forces because faith is something that you hope for that is unseen. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. I thank Amen. you that you came. For whatever reason that you came to Prayer International, okay, I can guarantee you 
that that we have testimonies in our own lives because you know I I don't consider myself to be a preacher. I'm a man who was called out of darkness, and I mean darkness into okay. the marvelous light. Hallelujah, and uh, God has blown my socks off. Okay. And uh, these men that are on this broadcast, both Sean and Christopher, they'll both tell you um, uh, God has done miraculous things in our lives, and um, he's used us. And I don't know why he would use me other than, you know, I have bold faith, and he does hear our prayers. So say this short prayer after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my sins. I re- repent of all that I've done in my past. I repent of all I've done in my past. I believe that Jesus died. I believe that Jesus died. And resurrected on the third day. And resurrected on the third day. And I ask him, Jesus. And I ask him, Jesus. To live in my heart. To live in my heart. Amen. Amen. At this point, we know for a fact that you are born again. Because the Bible says in John 3, 3, not what I say, it's what the Bible says. It's what the New King James Version says. It says, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And we pray in the, in the opening prayer of this uh, uh, segment tonight for all denominations. I don't care if you're Mormon, Baptist, Catholic. Okay, God loves us all. In the end, he's going to win. Okay. And if people like me and you and Sean and Chris and everybody on this broadcast continue to walk boldly in the name of Jesus to all nations, um, we're going to get everything hemmed up. What you're looking for right now is you're looking for a breakthrough. You're looking for God to hear your prayers. You're looking for someone to stand in the gap, to act as a point of contact, and open their mouth with confidence that God hears them. And that Amen. he sends the angels. Amen. See, the Bible says that by salvation that he provides you with angels. And in First Kings, it talks about the angel. Okay? It talks about um, in Second Kings 19.35, um, and it came to pass on a certain night that the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of Assyrians, 185,000. And when the people arose early in the morning, there were corpses. since all dead. Okay, these are battling angels. Um, in Matthew 26, it talks about that we have over 72,000 angels, over 12 legions. When Jesus was getting carried off to go to the cross, you know, um, he told Peter, what are you worried about? Don't you realize if, if, if all I have to do is call on my angels? He knew that he was going to the cross. So what we want to do is we want to call on Jesus, who is your advocate. He's the one that stands in the gap and tells the Lord God that while Satan's sitting there testifying against you, Jesus is the one that's standing in the gap. 
And what we're going to do from the heartland of the United States and out of Dallas, Texas, we're going to join in unity with you. We're going to spiritually grab each other's hands. We're going to lock them together because the Bible says if two or three gather. And I can't. Amen. Um, and we're going to step out in bold faith. And we're going to pray for you. And then you're going to walk out in faith because the tongue says, the Bible says in the tongue is life and death. And that you're going to eat the fruit thereof. Amen. So when you get off the line tonight, you're going to go in there and you're going to tell your loved ones, hallelujah, Baba got a job. And they're going to go where? You know what I mean? Mama got a job. And you're going to walk, and you're going to close those ears to everything the enemy has to say. Because as soon as you start telling everybody, Mama's got a job, you know, uh, and do that double discount deal. You know, you see on TV, you got to walk in victory. Because the devil's going to sneak in through your through your mother, your brother, your father, your loved one, and they're going to go, oh, you know, the economy's bad. And you got to call things to be not as though they are. Okay? Hallelujah. Okay? Uh, Sean? Yes, sir. What we're going to do, we're going to let you start out, because I know that in my spirit the Lord has been ministering to you and has been giving you some ammunition to come in and start the prayer, and then I'm going to come up behind you and polish it up a little bit, and that's what I feel that the Lord puts in my spirit, and then if Christopher comes on or somebody else, you know, we'll all, the Bible says, I'm talking about a three-fold cord, right? Sure does. Right. So, let's all stand in agreement, let's pray over hindering forces, you know, God can open up doors and no man can. And we're going to send the angels. We're going to call on the ministering angels of heaven, okay? And we're going to send them out to open up doors that can't no man close and can't no man open. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Go ahead, John. Father God, Lord, as Paul said, you know, Lord, your word said that if we ask anything in your name, that you will do it. Jesus, it says that if we know you hear us, we know we have the petitions we ask, Father. Father, and so, Lord, in your name, Father, once again, your word says that two or more more of us are gathered together in agreement. You're there in the midst, Lord. You said you have not because you asked not. And you said to ask that your joy may be full. So, Father, for Sarah right now, Lord, as we said earlier in the broadcast, you know, Lord, your word says that a man will plan his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. And you said the steps of the righteous are ordered to the Lord. Father, you also said that you know you ha- you know the plans you have for us. You know the thoughts you have for us, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give us a future and a hope, Father. And that we couldn't even count the thoughts that you have for us and the thoughts that you have for Sarah, Lord. So, Father, even as she's in Florida right now, Father... We pray, Father, and we believe that you're setting up divine appointments, Father, that you're setting up divine connections in her life, Father, that you're beginning to order her steps, Father, financially, Father, emotionally, spiritually, Lord, that you're going to begin to direct her, Father, in the way that you want her to go, Father. Holy Spirit, that you're going to begin to lead her 
into the direction that you want her to go, Father, that you're going to establish her in your word, Father. You're going to establish her in the truth of your word in her life, Father, that she's going to be rooted and grounded in love, Father. She's going to be rooted and grounded in your word, Father. Father, I pray that you give her a new perspective on her situations, Father. Take her up higher into your presence, Father, into your spirit, and give her eyes of an eagle, Lord, to see things from your perspective, Father. Father, we're going to declare over her the blessings that you have her. For your word declares that we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Your word also said that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, Father. And that applies for us, and it also applies to Sarah, Lord. She is the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, Father. You said we are more than conquerors through him who loved us, Lord. So in your name, Father, Lord, we are believing, Father, and she is receiving your blessing, Father. Receiving the financial blessing that's coming, Father. Receiving the perfect job, Lord, that you have already established and set out in motion for her to have, Father. You've already made those connections beforehand, and now she's just walking in them, Father. Your word declares in Ephesians that we are your workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which you prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, Lord. So, Father, as you begin to lead her tonight, Father, we pray that you would give her strength under with might by your spirit in the inner man, Father, that Christ would dwell in her hearts through faith, and that she would be rooted and grounded, Father, in your love, Jesus. Give her the love of God which surpasses knowledge, Father, that she would be filled with the joy of your Holy Spirit, Father. Lord, the joy that surpasses all understanding, Father. Give her your peace, Father, for your word declares that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but you have given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You still there, Paul? Hey, Paul, are you there? Oh, I think you ste- stepped away for a second. Okay. All right. What is your no. name? My name's Sean. Sean. Well, I'll tell, you, I'll, I'll tell you a story, a true story, uh, that may help your perspective about the job situation. Um, about five years ago, um, when we started the broadcast, Paul was talking about a job that how we met through a job, and um, you know, I, I had this one job, and um, it was January, I guess it was 2005 or 2000, I think it was 2005, and um, I wasn't very good at it, and I didn't want to be there anyway, and so I ended up getting fired. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and you know, because Christians make mistakes, and we're not perfect, and you know, the Lord, the Lord has to deal with all of us, like. Like Chris um, Herzog, who also is on the show, will say that the Lord's going to take um, our mess and turn it into a bless. And you know, so I got I got fired from this job, and okay, and, and the, the more interesting part is, um, just a month before that, I had just moved into my own apartment. Um, I'd always lived with family members up until that point, or I was in the army or in college, and so I, a month into having a brand new apartment, having my own bills, having all this stuff thinking how great it's going to be to have my own stuff. And I have a job, and I'm all, like, independent. I can do it on my own. And, you know, the Lord always, um, like he, like with the manna and the children of Israel, we we learn that we, we're not really in that much control of anything and that we have to trust him with every detail of our life. 
And so I'm without a job because I get fired, and I'm like, okay, Lord, what am I going to do? I don't know. And I start to have that fear, and I start to freak out. And then for some strange, crazy reason, for me, I just said, okay, God, whatever. It's in your hands. I can't do it. I'm trusting you. You know the bills I have. You know that I need a job. You take care of it. And um, I hadn't done much computer contracting work at that point, just a little bit off and on. And so I was like, okay, God, I'm just going to do this. I'm not going to go out and look for a job. I'm just going to trust you. Well, for the next two and a half years, about two and a half years straight, that's all I did. Never knew where the money was coming from. I never knew how my bills were going to get paid. But even days when I had a day or two to pay a bill, the, the God, God would just like step in, and per, and there would be provision. Yes, and I'm I, I'm I'm well aware of that one. And I, I learned. Like, I learned from experience. You know, we we talk. I mean, we always all Christians. We always talk about trusting God, and people, we we say it to our friends because it sounds really good when they have a problem. We're like, you know what? Just trust the Lord. And it's, it sounds really good when we say it, but when you're in the position when you have to trust the Lord. And you don't have anywhere to turn, and you can either take up the spirit of fear that the enemy wants to throw at you and saying, okay, well, you're not going to do this. And, I mean, you can sit there and worry, and you can fret, and we all still do it off and on. But Jesus, you know, Jesus said, I mean, by worrying, what can you possibly do? You can't add a cubit mm-hmm. to your stature. Um, yep, you know, I read that almost every day. You know, Matthew 6, uh, 34, you know. Take no thought about tomorrow. Tomorrow will have its own troubles. Amen. And, you know, the funny thing is, through that job that I trusted the Lord, He, for two and a half years, he provided for me. And um, I never ha- I never went hungry. I always, ha- I always had an, um, an extra amount of money to give um, because I also learned that the more money I gave away to people and whatever, that I would never have to worry about money because I know the Lord will always provide. And so as much money as I would give away, it didn't matter, because I knew the Lord would provide. And it says he loves a cheerful giver. So I became cheerful in my giving. And so if I had it, I got rid of it, because it's not mine, it's his. Because every, everything we make, everything we have, our clothing, our furniture, our money, everything belongs to, belongs to him in the long run. I mean, it says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And so I learned when you have something, you give it away. If you have money, you give it away. If you have, like, extra clothes, you give it away. If you have, like, time, you give your time away. And the Lord will bless you because you can't outgive God. And the Bible says you sow what you reap. And so by trusting in the Lord for my, for my provision and learning to be a cheerful giver, I never had need and I never lacked. And I always had an abundance coming in. And it wasn't because I was really good at what I did. I think in, the, in those two and a half years doing the work I was doing, I maybe, maybe worked 12, 13 hours a week. And um, that was it. And I still had all the provision coming in. Through that, I actually got a huge um, contracting job where I met Paul and a bunch of other people we were talking about in the beginning in the broadcast. And through right. that, and when we got done with that job, after that week was over, which was 2008, um, I got a call from someone who wanted me to come apply to this one um, this one job, which I applied for. I got the job. I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm going to take a real job now. And 
I'm still mm-hmm. trusting you. But I'm going to take a real job. Turns out it was the Lord because it actually – because I trusted him, I was able to do the big job with Paul and everybody because I went and did that and trusted the Lord in that. I actually got offered a real job at um, a company, and which I got hired on full-time um, like four months later, which is actually um, where I still work to this day, which is um, Dell Computers. Um, and, I mean, an amazing blessing, an amazing job, but it all because in the beginning – I learned that the two things that matter are trusting the Lord with everything and being a cheerful giver with what you have. Um, so even in your own life, I mean, even if you can't see the end of the road, it doesn't matter because, you know, we usually can't see more than a couple feet ahead of us because, you know, we don't need to. Um, you know, the Bible says that the word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. And when you're actually spending your time reading the word, you're spending time in the presence of God, and you're listening to his voice, it really doesn't matter what else goes on around you. It doesn't matter what happens two weeks down the road because you're not there yet. All that matters is what is like waking up and saying, okay, Jesus, what are we doing today? Holy Spirit, what do you want to do today? Go to bed at night. It's like, Jesus, thank you for today. Wake up the next morning and you do it again, and you trust the Lord. And, you know, you live every day like that where you just trust him for that day, trust him for what's needed. And whatever happens, you can't see what's going to happen around the corner. It doesn't matter because he's already there. Because, you know, the Bible, I mean, in a way, the Bible says that, you know, the Lord lives outside of time. I mean, eternity. I mean, the whole concept of time being like this human concept where we have where we always are in a hurry or we're always late or whatever else. And, you know, the Lord's never in a hurry or he's never late because he already knows what's going to happen because, I mean, he's just there. And no matter where, what the situation is, the Lord always sees, already sees it. He already knows it. He already knows your need. He already knows where the provision needs to come from. So if you're over here and the Lord knows he needs to get you a provision to fulfill a need that he's already promised that he's going to fulfill in your life, then, well, that means he has to get someone from over here to come over here and provide that need for you. You with me? Amen. And all the- and all that planning and all that provision and all that other stuff that's going on with the Lord, he's actually – he has to start that way before you need the provision. So if you have a bill that's due on, like, say, next Friday, and you have no idea where the money's going to come from and you're going to trust the Lord, well, that means the Lord probably already started working on the problem a week ago to, just to get the people who are going to provide for you into your life or into the situation or into the town or whatever else – because, you know, Chris and all of us, we've had, we've had situations where we had no idea where the money was going to come from. We didn't know how we were going to pay the bill. And like that, someone just happened to come up with the money. Well, how'd they get the money? How'd they know that how'd they know they were supposed to um, sow it into our lives unless the Lord told them? And so, you right. know, the Lord's always, always planning. He's always in a constant state of planning to bless his children. And all it takes is for his children to trust him, no matter what it looks like. Because, you know, when they were actually gathering up that manna, some of them were like, okay, well, I don't know. The Lord's going to come through tomorrow, so I may, I better get some extra. And the Lord's right. like, don't get the extra. You know what? The provision will be there when you need the provision. So you trust me again tomorrow, and and I will provide once again tomorrow. But today, I want you to trust me for today. Mm-hmm. And that's like the one lesson they teach in, in church that, that's probably the – most talked about lesson or scriptures, or the set of scriptures, but it's the one that most of the body of Christ um, hasn't always caught on to. But it'll change your life when you start trusting the Lord for everything. 
Um, let me see if Paul's back with us. You still there, Paul? Are you there, Sean? Yeah, you actually went into you, somehow you went into mute. So, um, did you still want to pray for Sarah? Yes. Um, my mother's on the phone. Mom, if you want to go to prayer, in her, let me give you a phone number and you can call in, okay? Mom. Uh, you want to write this number down, or are you busy? 619-638-8458. God bless. I love you. Um, yeah, um, I was trying to uh, Skype you um, somehow uh, with my, you know, fancy footwork. I got disconnected, um, so y'all forgive me. You know, I, I'm, I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven windows open. Block Talk Radio, Prayer International's website. <laughs> I got Bible Gateway open. You know, uh, I'm in the cockpit of a plane here, so we give God all the glory. Um, Amen. I was, you know what I mean. <laughs> so, uh, um, Sarah, what part of uh, Florida are you in? I'm in Jacksonville, Florida. Jacksonville, Florida. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. if I asked you that, that's what the spirit. I've got a friend. What's the next I, town? Just right south of uh, uh, Jacksonville there on Atlantic Highway. Uh, St. Augustine. Not St. Augustine. It's above St. Augustine. Uh, there's a golf course there. Palm Coast. Ponte Vedra uh, Beach. Yeah. Um, I have a lady there that I met down in. Um, you, if, you, if you was on the prayer line earlier, you heard me talk I, about I, her. Yeah. 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 Margaret Mealy. Um, yes, I I heard you mention Jacksonville, Florida, and I thought, ooh, you know, maybe God had me call into this line for a reason tonight. Hallelujah! How'd you find us? Blog Talk Radio. Really? Yeah. Um, because, because we're trying to uh, establish a footprint. It's a household name. Um, my brother Christopher was prophesied over that the Lord told him that he would make his name a household name in the name of Jesus 20 years ago. And um, if you've been walking with the Lord for many years, you've probably heard of Larry Lee, the Church on the Rock. And from that church, uh, a lot of other ministers of the gospel, uh, Apostle Diane Nutt, uh, who flows in the Holy Ghost and the prophetic realm phenomenally well. Um, the, the, the one thing about being a prophet, you're either a prophesier or you're a prophet liar. <laughs> you, know, hey, you know, if it's either a word from God or it's man making something up, and uh, I ended up in Kansas. <laughs> I ended up in Kansas because she prophesied over me September sixth at nine thirty-five p.m. at her church. Didn't ever, never even met the woman. She calls me out the back of the road, and starts telling me that God's gonna move me somewhere in six months. Yeah, we left. One hundred sixty-nine days later, I end I end up in Kansas. Uh, she's a true prophet of the Lord. Hallelujah, and. You can go to the BBVA 
Compass Bank there on the beach, right off the highway. Uh, I think there's a subway in the parking lot, because I've looked at it on uh, the map um, from satellite. And uh, you can go talk to Margaret Mealy. Um, we did lay hands on her. God healed her. Uh, gave her the ability to have babies. But once, once she could have babies, then for her fetus or something, for some reason, wouldn't carry the baby. And she got pregnant five times after that. I've got a sign on the wall here, the new name in town, BBBA, and all these girls. She was the bank manager, the regional director that they flew in from Florida to do this bank uh, switchover. And um, as you can tell, I'm very soft-spoken. So when I started, I was trying to whisper when I was praying for the six-foot-seven man and everybody in this bottom bank lobby heard me. And all the bank tellers just stopped doing what they do and count money. And they all sat there and they kind of bowed their head while I was praying. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> but uh, all kinds of miracles happen. And it's not us. It's our faith. And, um, you know, one thing I would tell you um is, and I would pray about it, but you need to find you a ministry, okay? We live, we are called the law of the seed, okay? All through the Bible, you hear them talk about sacrifices. You know, Isaac, you know, sacrifice was a sacrifice. Every, every All through the Bible, even when... When they was in peril, um, Isaac sold in a drought, and God gave him a hundred Amen. You need you need to give you need to find you a seed. It don't matter how big the seed, it don't matter how small the seed. But you need to sow you a seed into a ministry. It could be this one. It could be Benny Hinn. It could be Dr. Mike Murdoch. It could be Morris Cirillo. Whatever the Lord puts in your heart. But I say this, and the reason why is, honestly, I mean, me and my wife, if, if there's anything that I honestly do right, it's our tithes and offerings. And for some reason, the church don't want to talk about the tithe and offering. It's a shh, 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 shh. Deal, and I don't understand it. I think everybody should be held accountable. Um, but they, they say you should never talk about the tithe and offering. Well, if that's the reason why is because only two percent really honor the Lord. Uh, I fall short probably on every other category. When me and my wife got saved, you know, which was uh, um, it was about like a uh, a 9.0 earthquake when God found me. Okay, and. Right off the bat, Dr. Mike Simon's 12-year-old son ministered to me from Promised Land Television about the law of the seed. Mm-hmm. You take a seed and you sow it, and if you sow a $10 seed, you get 500 You don't go to Steak and Ale and eat your $500 seed, which is what <laughs> most people do, okay? You, 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 you take your $10 out, and you take the 400 now and you put it back in to works in the fertile soil so that you get another and you keep doing it. I told my wife, I told her you get four checking accounts, one four five oh one C three. We still haven't done that, okay? Um we are I know uh, four of a, a uh, non profit business. Sure. 
One for yeah. tithing, one for offerings, one for a general account. We have four accounts. And for some reason, I smell cigarettes. I don't know why. We don't smoke in my house, but I smell cigarettes. I don't know why. Really? That's crazy. Uh-huh. Um, not unless my wife is burning toast. <laughs> that wouldn't be the first time. Um, but, you know, I, I would say this to you because the Bible says in Acts 10, a response to your giving and prayer, it's a memorial. Uh, if you read Acts 10, 1 through 6, it says, there was a Caesarian man called Caesarea, uh, and in Caesarea called Cornelius. And it says he was a devout man who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. And about the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up as a memorial before God. And one thing that I would tell you, and it's funny we're talking about this, but I wanted to kind of minister tonight on the law of the seed. Um, because it's very, it's, you know, you got to understand if there's anyone that got called out of darkness in the God's royal priesthood, I promise you, me and my wife have been. Uh, we both come from phenomenal uh, testimonies, um, and uh, you know, believe me, when God got a hold of me, believe me, He got kicked in the overtime. Okay, um, but there's seven keys to receive. You must take authority over God's word, and you must call in the harvest of the Lord. Number one, you must first sow a seed, and it says in Second Corinthians nine ten that now he must minister seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your own seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. And I say all this with love. It says in Matthew 13, 8, that you must sow in the first soil. Okay? What, what does that mean? It says, but others fell in the good grounds, others brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. You know where you live, Okay? There's great ministers of God. Look for you a ministry that has a financial anointing. Okay? Benny Hinn, a man of miracles. Morris Cirillo, Dr. Mike Murdoch, financial. You know, the Lord will lead you in your steps. Three, you must sow proportionally with expectation than receive. How does that correspond with the Bible? It says in 2 Corinthians 9 6, but this I say. He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. Amen. Amen. And he, I, I, you know, and I appreciate your love and I appreciate your listening because uh, you have a good heart. And all our life and our and our walk with the Lord starts with our heart. If you got a bad heart, you know, you got the naysayer mentality, you got the doubting Thomas mentality, you listen to what everybody says, not what the word says. And I can I can at least say this in my spirit, I feel that you're in tune with what what the Lord says, what the word of God says. It says in mm-hmm. Hebrews uh, Hebrews eleven six, you must sow in faith through obedience. What does Hebrews eleven six says? It says, But our faith is impossible pleasing. For he that mm-hmm. cometh to God must believe that what that he is what and that he is the rewarder of those that diligently seek him so seek him um 
you must sow in the right seasons. Sometimes we sow in the wrong seasons. Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we do not faint. Don't faint. I thank you that you called tonight. You tell your friends, you tell your family um, about us. I hope the Lord ministers to you. Uh, It says here, rule number six, you must look to the Lord of the harvest. It says it in Luke 10, 2, therefore I say unto them, the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye, therefore, of the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. You know, here we are tonight. We're, 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 we're laboring for the harvest. We're laboring for you. We're laboring to go into 217 sovereign and non-sovereign nations. We are going to have a footprint everywhere God has dirt. Thus says the Lord. It says here in Galatians 6, 7, and this pertains to you must wait patiently for the harvest. And I'm going to touch on that in a minute, what happened to me today, a testimony. It says, be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whoever... For whosoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Okay? Um, So, find you a little envelope, sow you a seed. We're going to pray over that seed tonight, that God minister. See, it don't matter what kind of seeds you have. It don't matter... How many seeds you have. The key is that seed, it don't matter what the DNA is. That the DNA of that seed, how many seeds, how many bushels of seeds are all irrelevant. What matters is the type of soil that that seed is ministering with. That makes sense? Yes, absolutely. When you get that seed, it don't matter how long it sits on your desk, don't let it sit too long. Get it into this fertile soil. We're going to pray over it tonight that God ministers to it, that it goes into fertile soil, and you pray and you keep thanking God for the harvest, okay? Because all through the Bible, okay, it talks about um, seed faith. Seed faith is seed faith is, is seed time harvest. You know, First Peter two nine says, "For you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar person called out of darkness." Okay. Um, Isaiah talks about that says, "He is thou the redeemer, um, that I am the Lord thy God, who teaches thee to profit." Deuteronomy eight eighteen says. That, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for he that giveth you the power to gain wealth. Deuteronomy 1.11 says that he will increase you a thousand times so many more than you are. So Malachi 3.10 says, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. So I want to sow this word, this is what the Bible says to you, to starve your spirit so that when you wake up in the morning, you have a renewing of your spirit, okay? Because Luke six thirty says to give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall men give unto your bosom? 
For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. So with that, I want you to place your hand on your heart. Let's pray that God increase your confidence. All the scales that are removed from your eyes. Do you have any pain in your body at all anywhere? No. No? No. Do you have your shoes on right now? No, I have on socks. Okay. What I want you to do, I ask people this question all the time. They believe in Jesus. They believe in God. But they really can't fathom that he's sitting right there with them. Is he really real? Do you really honestly in your heart believe that God is alive today? Yes. Okay. Because what I'm going to do is I want you to sit in that chair, and if you have an ottoman in front of you, I want you to put both of your feet. I want you to take off your socks, okay? I want you to put both of your ankles together, and I want you to touch the balls of your ankles together. I want you to look down there at the balls of your ankles where those bones touch together. Are they 100% directly in line with one another, or is one longer than the other? I don't think they're like longer than the other. Kind of, you don't have you don't have one leg longer than the other. I don't think so. Okay. All right, because what I was gonna do, I was gonna have Jesus minister to you and grow that leg out because your pelvic our pelvic. I was noticing that my legs need to be one legs longer than the other. <laughs> So anyway, all right, well, put your hand on your heart. Probably the reason why your pelvic is in line is because you don't have to see your legs move and your legs grow out. Um, um, you're already strapped in, full throttle believer. You know that Jesus died and resurrected, so hallelujah. Um when I do prison ministry, I like going into the prison, and we can, God always makes sure that everyone's legs are out of whack, and we sit there and we command their legs to grow out. Um, we got ordained, me and my wife, was Charles and Francis Hunter, if you know anything about Joan Hunter, Hunter Ministry. Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, um, you can look them up on the Internet, and, you know, um, we like having the Lord grow out people's legs. Well, let's pray for you. Um, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that you hold your loving daughter in your hands, Sarah, from Jacksonville, Florida. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, as a intercessor prayer warrior, have you blessed with the mantle of divine healings, miracles in your glory realm? 
We thank you, Heavenly Father, that you hear our prayer. The Bible says in 54.2, hear my prayer, O God. Give ear to the words of my mouth in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this platform that you have given us today. 1 Peter 4.10 says that as each of us has received the gift, minister to one another. It's good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of the Lord God. If anyone ministers, let him minister. Let him do it as if with the ability which God supplies, that in all things may God be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Father, I thank you that by the blood of Jesus, Abba Father, we can call on your name. We thank you, Father, for the victory of Calvary. That everything, that every burden, every heavy laden, all iniquities, infirmities that we can lay at the cross, we thank you for the blood. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you have chosen me to stand in the gap. The Bible says in Ezekiel 22 that she was looking for someone to stand in the gap, but she couldn't find one. Christopher and Sean, they were looking for someone to stand in the gap. So when Christopher got tired, you know, he had someone that would stand in the gap for him as a point of contact. And Father God, you called me in December. You stared at my spirit here the other day and told me to, to strap it on. That you, you needed laborers for the harvest. I stand in the gap. I act at the point of contact. I call on your angels. Your word says that you provide us angels for salvation. Your word says that by Jesus Christ, she's healed. Your word says that two or three shall gather as touching anything. As we gather, that you hear our prayers, that if we believe in our heart, that you will do it because Jesus goes to the Father. Your word says that without faith is the best of the police, God, for he that cometh to believe that he is what? Your word says that you're not a man that you should lie. How can we how can we pray and not have faith if you're not a man that you should lie? Hallelujah. Your word says in Isaiah that your word shall go forth and that it will prosper in the things that you send it for. Heavenly Father, we call things that be not as though they are. Your word says you're not a man that you shall lie. And Father God, I expect that you will heal because 2,000 years ago, the blood of the cross at Calvary says that by his stripes she's healed. She's healed. That means that every doorpost has been marked with blood. Her doorpost has been marked with blood. Your word says that she will open up doors that can no man open. I stand here, Heavenly Father. I bind and I curse every hindering force over her life. I command in the name of Jesus that Satan step back and that the miracles of the glory realm of God open up in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, whatever the needs are, financial, healing, guidance, deliverance, we ask you, Heavenly Father, 
that all hindering forces be removed. We send the angels forth. Your word says that you will provide Sarah angels. It says in Hebrews, and by salvation, you provide angels, Heavenly Father. Father, the same angels in the glory realm, the holy angels, just like it talks about in Matthew 25. If one angel, Heavenly Father, can destroy an army of 185,000, Lord God, we just ask for one of those angels to open the door at the bank for her, to open the vaults. In the mighty name of Jesus, Heavenly Father, in this hour, we thank you as myself, Christopher, and Sean, and all of us stand in agreement that your word allows us to walk in victory. Your word says, Jeremiah 33, 3, that you will fight our battles. Hallelujah, Sarah. Hallelujah. Sarah, as a woman of God, what is it that you would like for the Lord Jesus Christ to do for you? Um... Ooh, I mean, my main thing is to uh, be gainfully employed, preferably permanent, because I've worked uh, contract work for several years now. And just to get my life back to, you know, some type of what I call normalcy, you know, not having to struggle. You know, How long has it been honest- you had how long has it been since you've had a job? Well, my company uh, closed its doors. Um, I was there for nine years in 2005. So I've been working contract work since 2006. Well, I feel very close to you. I used to live off of Merrill Road in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, I used oh, to really? have a glamour shop. Yes, ma'am. I used to own a Glamour Shots high fashion photography studio there in uh, Regency Square Mall when they built the new Dillard's Wing in 1993. And okay. uh, they had the other Glamour Shots over in Orange Park. And then we went, okay. we moved, I moved up to um, um, uh, Savannah there at Oglethorpe Mall. So I know mm. your area very well. Um, mm. I would I would tell you to go see Margaret Mealy at the BBVA Compass Bank. Have her pray for you as well, because we believe in impartation. You got to understand it from Benny Hinn to Dr. Mike Murdoch to Dr. Mike uh, uh, Simons, you know, Moore Cirillo, um, Jerry, Christopher, Sean, and if you look at the people that have laid hands on me, it goes all the way back to Catherine Coleman. Okay. Okay. Uh, Reinhardt, Bunky, all of them. And okay. through impartation, you know, um, you know, walk in faith, have people lay hands on you. I don't have to lay hands on you, 
But I can tell you that based on Bible scripture, Matthew 8, 8 talks about the centurion faith. You know, the centurion didn't need Jesus to go to his house. He said, I know that story. (laughs) Hallelujah. The person was here before. Yes. Hallelujah. There are doors opening for you. Okay? The one thing Satan tries to do is he tries to destroy us in our pocketbook. Because if he can destroy our bank account, he can destroy our faith. Yeah. Okay? And I give God all the glory that you still have faith. I still have uh, – um, I'm, I'm amazed of your confidence, you know. Um you know, somehow God puts you, I don't know how you find us, still found us, because I, I'm trying to find us, and I'm I not gonna find say, us. Okay? I was going to say, you know, tonight might not have been the first night I've seen your sight, but tonight was the night that I was, uh, you know, led to stop on it, you know. I mean, no. I, I, you know, I saw it, and some just said, you know, click on it, so I was just listening. Uh, you know, with my earphones on while I was uh, looking for a job. <laughs> and, um, you know, so I was listening, and you were really funny. <laughs> oh, but, you know, so cool. Uh, you know, like like you were saying, I mean, uh, being saved, being a Christian, you know, you're not perfect. I mean, we all still make mistakes. And, you know, people, you know, once they realize that, I think, I mean, it doesn't give you, like, the, the you know, the license to keep on. But, you know, know that you're human. And, you know, there was nobody perfect but God, you know. God makes it where we don't enjoy sinning. If you're truly Holy Ghost filled, you know, we are of sin. I've got a book here, and I, I can sit here for the next hour just reading word after word after word of all the different kinds of sin, from gossip, right. from lying, from staring. Right. I mean, there's all, okay, overeating, you know. Um, yeah. I have, I still <laughs> suffer with four-wheel drive syndrome. You know, I, I was telling the people last night, you know, when I pull up at a red line, the guy next to me, our windows are up, and he's over there talking in sign language, and some of it I notice and I don't like it. It makes me want to put my four-wheel drive up on his back bumper and put him in the ditch. <laughs> you know, I used, to, I used to enjoy it, but no more. God made it where I don't enjoy it no more. You know what I mean? Right. What a shame. Right. You know? now, right. now I have a four-wheel drive, and I don't enjoy it. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> See? Uh, that's what God does. He's an amazing God. He knows He knows we're going to sin. He just makes it to where you don't enjoy it. Right. I used to smoke, okay? Um, believe me, I, I love smoking. I love dipping in Copenhagen. Mm-hmm. Oh, you still there, Paul? Okay. Looks like we lost him for a second. Okay. Hey. Oh, there um, he is. Oh, me? Yes, he uh, is. Oh, so there he is. We, just, we just thank God as we continue to pray for you, Sarah. 
He is a loving God. He cares for you. You're the clay. He's the potter. He's not finishing it up for you. The reason why, he's going to take your test, and he's going to turn it into a testimony. Why? Because you're going to be able to go to one of your daughters, one of your granddaughters and all, just like we're doing with you, okay? And you're going to be able to tell them you got to keep on pushing. You know, you got to keep pushing. It's like the late, the lady with blood. She just didn't sit back at the picnic table. Okay. And say, come over here. She pressed in, you know, mm-hmm. just like when dating your husband when, when y'all was dancing, you put that shoulder and you pressed in. You got to press into the love of God and keep pressing and he will open the door. Amen. Okay? He will open the door. So Heavenly Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Sarah. We thank you, God, for Sarah's faith. We thank you for her tenacity, for her persistency, Heavenly Father. Lord God, we thank you that your love allows her not to give up in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, Can you you spell your lady's name, uh, Margaret, her last name? Margaret Mealy, M-E-I-L-A. Um, and she's got a BBA bank on in uh, Ponte Vedra, you say? Yes. Uh, uh, BBBA. Because they got several of those, you know, like on Beach Boulevard and everything. They got one on Atlantic. She is, um, let's see here, because uh, we see used here. them for our family reunion account uh, last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um. Uh, let me just bear with me. Um, When you go to Atlantic Boulevard, okay, you start going into Potter Beach or Beach. Okay. Um, Beach Beach Boulevard uh, takes you to Ponte Vedra. Yes. Uh, Atlantic Boulevard is Atlantic Beach and uh, Neptune Beach. Let's see here. Margaret Mealy. Since you were sharing stories, um, I had talked to a, I had called a lady, she's an evangelist, you know, and I was telling her about my uncle's death because the church she used to go to, my uncle's daughter and family members attend that church, so she never called me back about anything, so as I was walking to the store, uh, which is like, you know, like to the end of my street and, you know, like a street up, Uh, another family member at another church that this lady used to belong to 
and and so my spirit said, no, don't call her. So she called me, you know, within that hour to make sure that it was true about Bobby's death. So when I got back to the house, I wrote down in my journal, you know, what I just said to you, and it was like an hour later, this lady called me to see if I wanted to go to the, go, you know, go to uh, my cousin's house. So she came by. Matter of fact, she was in my neighborhood, and she came by and picked me up. And I thought, see, that's what I'm talking about, having some kind of, um, you know, spiritual discernment or something like that, you know. So I, I, you know, I just thought that was really wild. You know, I, my spirit said, "Don't call her," and bam, evangelist calls me. You know, and then, you know, the other lady called me to ask me if I wanted to, you know, go over to the home. And I was like, "Wow, see how God works." <laughs> right. Well, if you go past, there's a golf course, a country club there, Ponte Beach or Beach. Down one A, um, okay. and you go okay. down towards Sawgrass, uh-huh. and just right down on the right, I think you're going to see a, a subway. Okay. Um, one five quarter road, uh, okay. Beach or Beach. If you dial five six four eighty sixty, they will tell you where Margaret is. Margaret okay. Beatley, beautiful okay. blonde. Um, she knows Paul and Olivia from, um, oh, where, I can't remember where we went down in South Texas. Um, 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 I'll think of it in a minute. Um, Mm -hmm. anyway, um, down at the border of Mexico in South Texas, um, And we prayed for her. She knows me. I've talked to her several times since. It's been a couple of uh, months, probably four or five months since I've talked to her last. Um, but great person. Sean? Okay. Yes, sir. Are there anybody that needs prayer? Uh, nope. No one else so far. Okay, yeah, I was fine. sad to see uh, uh, Shambach had passed. I saw that on the internet today, because I haven't watched TV now in November. Well, part of November, all of December, and so far in January, something's wrong. There's nothing wrong with it. I just hit a wrong button, and I don't know how to get it back. But my spirit told me to leave the TV alone, because it's a time well, waster for me. And so, you know, I've I, I've got enough to keep me busy with listening to, you know, blog talk and CDs and. Cassettes and reading, so you know I'm 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 just trying to be more in tune to some other things right now. Hallelujah. Well, but I um, do miss my TV in. We have a friend of ours that passed away. His name is Brian Clift, Daily Live Worship. He he died at 36 years of age of cancer. One day. On August, uh, July 28th, he was having stomach problems. You know, he thought it was ulcers. He went to the doctor. They said it was cancer. And September, he died. I mean, but like that. Has four daughters and a beautiful wife. I mean, four beautiful daughters and a very beautiful wife. And they started daily live worship. And 
Brian used to tell me, I've been walking with the Lord for four years now. My spiritual birthday was January 3rd at 8.35 a.m. And uh, when God got a hold of me my first year, I was in over 200 miracle service, Holy Ghost filled, people laying in the floor, people laying out slain, you know. Honestly, we wanted to get on a cell phone and call 911 because people were having heart attacks. And then and the guy next to me told me not to worry about it. He said, they're falling out slain. I, you know, I didn't know what they was talking about. You know, yeah, I, I heard you. <laughs> I've never heard that one before. <laughs> hey, you know, for real, you know, tripping over people going to church, you know. What is this? Um, right. But that's, that's, that's how God got hold of me, okay? You know, I, I see someone laying hands on somebody. I see them fall out. You go, you go, whoa, well, let's do. <laughs> we right, can just right. lay hands on them. You don't have to knock them out. You know what I mean? So right. we give God all the glory. God does amazing things, and um, you know, I'll tell you this: if you, if you can't have fun sharing the Word of God and His miraculous happenings, the things that He does with us who have boldness. You know, hang it up. Um, I don't want to sound like all these preachers and they, people on on the television. You know what? They haven't walked where I've walked. You know, right. um, and my brother Christopher, who's part of this, he can tell you we've gone into the ghetto, okay? And I ministered to six foot nine black men sitting there with all kinds of drugs and guns on them, wanting to know what Snow White stood in the ghetto. Well, okay. Uh, uh, you know, uh, has anyone ever told you God loves you and he has a great plan for your life? And they got their hands up on their chest saying, well, no. Who are you? Well, I'm a man of God that came in here and is bold enough to come in here and share what God's done in my life. Has anyone ever told you that God loves you and a great plan for your life? No. Well, we can fix that, you know. Do you know if you died today right now? If we got shot by a bunch of SWAT team officers right now, do you know you go to heaven? No. Well, let's fix it. Amen. All right. I so said, can I just pray for you? And I lay hands on this guy, and I'm looking up at him, and he starts crying. Mm-hmm. Huh? I talk about it in my church all the time to all these men and women who've been in the church for 70 years and they don't lead nobody to the Lord. And everything that that God has given, they take home and they sit home eating cherry pie all the time, you know? Right, right. Hallelujah. So, you know, God got hold of us and this is what we do. I promise you, you walk by faith and not by sight and God will open up doors for you. I guarantee you he will. He's done it for Christopher. He's done it for my wife. He's done it for me. Me and my wife was in a situation this year where we got last year where we got really hung out to dry. And I lifted my I lifted all my bills in my hand just like old Jesse Duplantis. He's a little preacher down in New Orleans. Hello, Jesse. Yeah, he's a little man down there in New Orleans. And in his hand he has his bills up every month to God says, okay, God, you said go rack them up. Here you go. I, I lifted my hands up over here in the church that we was living in. I said, okay, God, these are your bills. My wife, my wife walks next door to go volunteer her time knowing that we needed money, knowing that we had all these bills, 
and they wouldn't let her volunteer no more. They said, no, we're going to put you on payroll. She done volunteered 100 hours at the grocery store. Now she's managing it. You know okay. what? God provides. Oh. Amen. <laughs> he provides. So, you know, he uses people. See, there are people that probably are going to get on the prayer line tonight. They're going to hang up, Okay. They want some philosophical, soft-spoken, someone who's going to tickle their feet and tell them everything they want to hear. Okay. Well, I'm not. You know, I'm, I'm going to tell you what I've been through in the battles we fought, and I'm going to tell you what the Word of God says. Amen. And, amen. amen. And uh, you can take your test and turn it into a testimony, and you can take your mess and turn it into a message, and you can set people free, because the Bible says so. He says that once one's saved, they're all saved in the family. So um, we're having fun. We're leading people to the Lord. We're breaking through hindrances, because the Bible says that he will fight our battles. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, let me Hey, Bob. I got, a, I got a story for yeah. you, and I, I, I probably told it once before on this show a long time ago. Um, when I was in um, Oklahoma, um, there was a um, pastor there who was a youth pastor, um, and he had um, he was telling us a story, true story, uh, about um, he was actually doing um, a, um, like street witnessing or something, and he came across this woman, and he led her to the Lord. Now. Um, the problem is, is that um, the woman currently was a dancer at a at a club, and not the like ballet type. And so, you know, most people would start immediately saying, "Well, you can't do that, and you can't do this." And you know, this this pastor, he didn't really care what she did, because all he cared about was the Lord, and that she came to know the Lord. And so, this woman asked him, "She's like, well, if I give my heart and and everything to Jesus, do I have to quit dancing?" And he looked at her and he's like, "Nope, you don't have to do anything. Just love Jesus." Now, for most people, they get really offended by that because that's not the type of thing you're supposed to say in a Christian society. But for those of us who know, who, who know and trust the Lord, we know it's all about relationship. And like you Amen. said, I mean, we're, we're all sinners, and you give your life to Jesus, and he does the rest. <laughs> it doesn't say we come, we come in as perfect. It says we come in as we are. God loves us, God loves, loved us even when we were sinners. And so he leads this woman to the Lord. She gives her heart to Jesus. Well, what happens is, a couple months later, she comes and finds him at his office in the church, and she's mad at him, but he can't figure out why. And she's like, you lied to me. And he's like, what do you mean? I didn't lie to you. And she's like, you said I didn't have to quit dancing. And he's like, you don't have to quit dancing. And she's like, yeah, but Jesus took away my want to. And after being with the Lord, this woman... All her desires changed. I mean, her desires changed to things of the Lord. We, he, no one had to tell her, you've got to stop doing this and you need to live this way. All she had to do was trust in the Lord, look at the Bible, and the Lord actually changed her heart. And, you know, if, right. most, people, if most people would take their eyes off of other people and what their actions are and look at their hearts, because, you know, the Bible says that God doesn't look at the outward appearance. He looks at a man's heart. He looks okay. at people. I mean, he looks at the weak and the poor and everything else, and he says, you know what, I can use them because they're going to put their trust in me. You know, when um, when uh, he was looking for a king, he went through all the sons of Jesse, all these great and mighty I mean, young men, and, and you look at any of them, and they're like, well, he'd be a good king, and he'd be a good king, and God's like, oh, I don't want any of them. I okay. want the one who's 
heart is after me. And so he chose the, don't you the have, little kid. Don't you have another son? <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. Where's the one who's been calling unto me? And where's the one who's been after my own heart? And where's the one who doesn't want the glory but wants the relationship with me? And so God chose the kid that was out in the field who nobody thought was anything. And it was that same kid who nobody thought was anything who was the only one that was brave enough because he knew the word of God that when the giant was coming and the enemy was coming to attack and destroy the children of Israel, he was the only one who had the word of the Lord and decided he was going to trust the Lord. And he had that relationship with the Lord, and he knew the Lord was going to provide no matter what the situation was. And he's the one who defeated the giant. And so, you know, it, it, Paul was right. You know, if you can't have fun in this, then there's no point doing it. There's no, I mean, this whole thing's about relationship with the Lord. And, I mean, watching what he can do. And if you can't have fun watching the Lord heal people and the Lord deliver people and save people, then you're in it for the wrong reasons. Because it's all about it's all about watching the, the Lord do, do the work. You know, I remember Catherine Coleman was a famous... Um, healing person um, back in the day, and she would always say that it's not about me, it's about him. And every day before she'd get up on the stage, and for any of you out there who've heard of Benny Hinn, um, he go, Benny Hinn pretty much gets out up on a stage, and they start worshiping the Lord, and people start getting healed in the audience, and people will be on the buses heading to the service, and they'll get healed on the buses. They'll be walking up to the auditorium or wherever, or the stadium, and they'll get healed at the stadium. But nobody ever gets healed when they get up there, to, and then after they get healed, there's little doctors there, and the doctors check them out. And, and then they get up on stage, and some of them um, actually get to be up there with um, Benny Hinn, and Benny Hinn will pray, pray for him. But he never prays for him to get healed. They're already healed by that point because God does it. He just sits back and lets God do his work. And Catherine Coleman was doing that way, way before Benny Hinn was. And, you know, one thing she said, she said she, every day before she get, goes out on the stage, she spends time with the Lord and she prays because she said, if he's not going out there with me, I'm not going. Because she learned to realize that it was about a partnership with the Lord because the Lord wants to have a partnership with us. If you look at the parables of Jesus, a lot of the miracles Jesus did, it wasn't him doing it by himself. It was him doing it with the disciples. I mean, the, mm -hmm. the, loaves, the loaves of fish and the bread, the water he turned into wine. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, all these things the Lord did because, he was, like he said, the things that I do you'll, do, you'll do greater because I go to my Father. And he said he's going to send the Holy Spirit. And so the Lord started – Jesus started taking the disciples and showing them that it was a partnership if they would actually just put their faith in him. And the things that seem silly and ridiculous and stupid, take some water out to the guests, and it's going to be wine. Well, did it turn into wine? Right when, right when they were looking at it and it was water, no, it didn't happen until they actually took a step of faith and went out there and did what Jesus said. The, the loaves and the fish didn't multiply Jesus' hand. He gave, them what, he gave them the little pieces, and when they went out and they followed the words of the Lord and they trusted the Lord, that's when the multiplication happened. And if we learn to actually just trust the Lord at his word, have faith that no matter what it looks like, that the Lord knows what he's doing, you see miracles happen, and people's lives get changed, all because someone's stupid enough, in a way, to say, okay, Lord, use me. I'm going to let you use me. Do whatever you want to do, Father. I'm trusting you. I'm going to go do this because you said to do it, and you're going to be glorified in it. And when you do that, I you let the Lord be glorified. Yes. Boy, I'm listening. I was going to... 
when you said use me, I was going to tell her sometimes money, someone's sowing their money. So if you don't have a job, if you really want to get at the enemy, the enemy knows you need a job. So don't focus on the job because that's what the enemy wants you to do because he wants to distract you. I would tell you to go to Regency Square Mall, okay? Walk up to people and just ask them, say, hey, it's real simple. Has anyone ever told you that God loves you and has a great plan for your life? Nah, whatever. And then people are going to shove you away. Some people are going to say no. Well, okay. Um, well, may I ask you a simple question? They're going to say, yeah. If you die right at this moment, do you know for a fact that you go to heaven? And it's not about arguing with them. All you want to do is get it in a position where they'll let you pray for them. And then what you do is you lay your hand on their heart and you start just praying for them. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the harvest. Your word says that the laborers are few. Lord, I put down my time. I put down my job. I come out here, Lord, so we can minister to this young man. Lord God, and then start speaking to this young man and tell him, say, repeat these words after me and lead him to the Lord, okay? And when you see how God will put these people in your life so you can minister to them and lead them to the Lord, you may only get one a day. And when you start you know, enjoying it, yeah, go ahead. You know, <laughs> um, when you have the Lord in your life, you know, a lot of times you don't have to say anything. I mean, there's been, on several occasions, I was on the, on the, um, what you call it, thing, the Skyway downtown, and I hadn't did anything but spoke to this lady. And she said something to me, you know, like, you know, pray for me today or something like that. And I'll, you know, and I'm at, you know, and I'm just looking at myself, you know, I didn't say anything, but I was like, well, my goodness, you know. And then one day I was on, um, uh, sitting down at Hemming Park, and I was reading a book. This guy says, is that a Bible? It, it wasn't a Bible. It, it was just a normal book, but, you know, that was his question. So, you know, a lot of times, you know, some people, you know, they try to advertise that they are, you know, but you don't have to do sure. it all the time that way. No, you're right. Uh, what I was my, my my point was. I mean, I understand what you're saying. So your time, yeah. So your time, and what you'll find out if you just step out in faith and just put the job down and go serve God, he'll the devil won't like it that you're serving God, and he'll 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 be he'll be focused on trying to get you off the street doing street evangelism, and that job will open up. <laughs> hey, 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 God's good, I'm telling you. Um, you know, and if you haven't led anyone to the Lord this year, which obviously you do, but see, I, most of the people in church, 98% of them, are not going to lead the, anyone to the Lord this year. Hmm. I don't understand you know, it thanks. because the Bible's. No. I know in my church, if I ask them, how many, how many of y'all led someone to the Lord this year so far? <laughs> okay, go get the go get the food. Line. You know, 
uh, for fellowship dinner. You know, I'm pretty hardcore. I, I'm hard on them. You know what I mean? God gives you right. all this power. He gives you everything. You got your hands in the air, you know, and then you take it all home with it and hoard it. Right. You know, they sit there and they talk about these people that are hoarding in their house, and they take everything God's given them, and they go home and hoard it and the tithe, you know. Mm. I don't I don't understand the tithe situation. It's all God's. The tithe is your insurance money. If you give God 10%, that's your insurance. That right there is covering your bet that he's going to grow the other 90%. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus wasn't worried about the other 99. He was worried about the one. He's not right. worried about the other. Okay, we was talking about nine earlier because it's Sean's birthday, and three plus six is nine, and he's 36. There's a lot of things that have to do with nine. The 99 and the one. You know, Jesus blew off those 99 and went after the one. Okay? So, uh, you know, that's something that you could do. It don't matter if it's at the mall. It don't matter if it's the skyway. It don't matter. If, you know, we used to just go get on the bus with Rodney Howard Brown. And we'd ask everyone on the bus, anyone in here ever heard that God loves you? It's a great plan for your life. There were times that we led every person on the bus to the Lord. There were times where they wanted to open up the door while we was driving down the road and let us out. <laughs> you know, we'd go to the malls, to the highways, to the byways, preaching the Word of God with Rodney Howard Brown's um, team, uh, the Great yeah. Awakening Tour. <laughs> so... There's a minister here that I'm connected with, but since I haven't been driving, I haven't been, you know, in position to hook up with him. But he has a, uh, you know, as a matter of fact, he's a attorney that's running for judge, but he's also a minister, and he goes to the um, projects and, you know, have evangelism there. You know, I'm in business. Go ahead. I'm you know, different, different projects, in, you know, in Jacksonville, as his uh, heart leads him to do. And that's me, you know, as a guest. I, I don't understand why it's not letting me log in with my name, but I will click on follow you, at, you know, at a later date. I won't you know, forget. Right. You know, right. I was you trying know, to. Um, go ahead. Go ahead, Sean. Well, I was going to say, um, we only have like a, a – uh, like two minutes left, but I wanted to tell you, um, you were talking about the one, uh, and t- true story is, um, about that, uh, about Jesus, about, um, Jesus, um, leaving the 99 for the one. And, you know, we do evangelism and you talk to however many people and you know what, it's all about that one person who gets saved because a hundred thousand may say, okay, I don't care. or I don't I already have the Lord or whatever, but there's going to be that one person who doesn't. And I was in a church service with a guy named Steve Solomon in Fort Worth, Texas. And he started the service. And at the beginning of the service, he started to do his message. And all of a sudden, he stopped and just started looking around. And then he started doing his message again. And he kept doing that. And all of a sudden, it's like he just got fed up. And I'm assuming the Holy Spirit kept talking to him. And then finally he stopped. And he said, is there anybody here who doesn't know the Lord? And nobody, nobody raised their hand, nobody said anything, so he started doing his message again. A couple minutes later, he stopped. And he looked up, and he's like, okay, 
And he went to the front of the pulpit, which is on the far far left of the church, and he asked the first person in the front in the front row, "Do you know the Lord Jesus?" And they said no. I mean, and they said yes. So he went to the next person and asked them, and he went to every person in that congregation, asking them if they knew the Lord Jesus. And everybody said yes. So that person in the very back and asked them if they did know Jesus, and he prayed for them. To get saved. Because it's always about hey, one. Does it automatically cut off? Uh, it just went to recording mode. So it's not live live, but it's on the re- it's in the recording right now. She's still in here. Uh, I didn't want to lose Sarah. Yeah, I'm still here. And if I get lost, I will, uh, you know, try to call in on you next time. No, the show the show's not live anymore, but it's actually still recording for the next hour. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, uh, Sarah, if anything, I hope, I pray to God that what we have have ministered to you tonight hits home. I hope it stirs up your spirit. Um, I hope that I, I pray that our testimonies have somewhere somehow given you some willpower to move on. Um, and I just pray and I hope you know that everything we've told you is from our heart, from the love of God. Amen. Thank you. You know, like I said, I called in, you know, so it's in prayer, let me see, prayer warrior international. You know, I thought I'll click on it while I'm sitting here, you know, perusing. And I was just kind of laughing as y'all, you know, because you were funny, you know, talking about the praying in the bank and the people being slain in the spirit. And then when you mentioned the lady being in Jacksonville, Florida, I thought, okay, I'm going to call in. Hallelujah. And I'm glad I did. You know, I <laughs> I've been doing talking to both of you. Hallelujah. And thank you for well, the we prayer. Amen. Well, I guess well, you were that one person tonight. Hey, she was that one person, wasn't she? Hey. Amen. Amen. Well, let's, um, Sean has four kids. Sean works a full-time job. Um, and then he sews his two hours every night. Um, I don't know what happened to Christopher tonight. You know, Christopher, he works. Uh, both of these guys live on nothing but faith. Um, uh, Chris may have more of a sure shoe-in job right now than Christopher. Christopher's out there just praying for work. Uh, but God's given his wife to work right now, so Christopher's been cleaning the house and doing what he's got to do. Me, you know, uh uh, my life is really crazy. I, I'm just bold faith. I walk by faith, not by sight. And I guarantee you, God provides. I can sit here all night long telling you stuff. You say, "No way." Yeah, way. Uh, I'll end well, with I'm this. a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a walk through. You know, I mean, I, I've heard that before. You know, I, I hadn't done it myself, and 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 hold up my bills like Jesse Duplantis. Hallelujah. <laughs> <So>, uh, <laughs> <laughs> You know, me okay. and Jesse the planets, 
We've been down some of the same roads before. His grandmother and my grandmother and my mother were praying for me like Jesse's were for him, okay? Okay. And, uh, <laughs> so I'll end like this. Today I have five heaters on Next Tech. It's a it's an Internet site here locally that we all advertise to sell stuff. And I've had five heaters on the Internet. And I've had them on there since October. And every week you got to renew them. Man, this morning I got up, I had all these messages from Next Tech Classifieds that I needed to renew my uh, ads, and I thought, man, that old man came up in me. I felt like I was in that four-wheel drive again, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That four-wheel drive, man. And I thought, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm I'm done listing those heaters. But this little bitty tiny voice told me in my spirit, you know, you can't win if you don't play. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Amen. And I thought, all right, I went and I renewed them, okay? Twelve minutes later, I had a ping. It's like I threw a dart and hit that balloon. And um, ping. Well, this lady lives not only, she lives three blocks from me. And these ads are for all over Kansas, Little lady I knew next door bought all five of them, okay? Just oh, all over. five of them? All five. I had three kerosene heaters and two Optimus 500 radiant heaters, okay? She bought them for her husband. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. I only had four. I used to have five of them listed, but two of, one of them kept showing up as a duplicate. So I gave her all five, you know. And, you know, part of that money is going to be uh, for... Prayer International paying for blog talk radio, and you know I, I put it in a savings account. But you right. know, I wanted to tell you that because the devil didn't want me to renew those ads. You know, like I said, that four wheel drive spirit in me came up. You know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> Hallelujah! Right. In, in the love of God, the supernatural power of the Lord Jesus Christ told me renew them. <laughs> and I did. I called. I told my wife at the store. I said, "Baby, you're not going to believe this." In fact, I've told several people the testimony that it's like, really because you know we. It, uh, let's see. It's like it's right now. It's about ten degrees here. Um, let me let me tell you what, what the temperature. Uh, it's fifteen degrees right now. It's going to get a low about eleven tonight. It's forty eight. Tomorrow night it's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be a low of 8 degrees tomorrow, you know. So, hallelujah. So, let's well, like, pray. Like I heard somebody say, uh, they haven't been selling any wood here. But you wait until the temperature drops down to the 30s or the 20s, and, you know, the wood sale is going to go up. You you would think people would buy it while it's kind of, you know, probably not as expensive since the warm weather. But no, they're going to wait and pay full price for it. That's right. Oh, they're going to pay more than full price. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. that's when all the heathens, that's when the heathens come out, <laughs> when, when, it, uh-huh. when it really gets cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Sarah, God bless you. Um, I'm glad that uh, the words of our testimony have ministered to you. Um, we pray that you continue 
to come on and become a prayer partner with us. Um, the Holy Ghost put in my spirit today that we are going to minister to 217 nations. Those are sovereign and non-sovereign nations across the globe. Um, we will go into 185 countries, okay? And it's been spoken over my life prophetically by Dr. Dale Gentry. And mm-hmm. so um, I would say this. Um, I'm just a background voice for this ministry. Uh, these are two brothers of mine that uh, we all started doing this on Skype. And when we saw what miracles, when people were clients of mine and people were telling us that their son was going to die tonight, the, doc, the doctors gave them till midnight because they got the flu, they could become blood infection, their lungs were collapsed, um, uh, were shut down, you know, they was in a coma. And I still got all the Skype and everything to show it to you and God healed him in six in the sixth hour and he's a little six year old and we talk about it and one thing led to the next and then God gave uh, Sean all the knowledge to build the website and everything and here we are today you know three guys in a booth okay okay so we pray that you go see Margaret Mealy. Um, tell her you got on the phone with us, <laughs> on the on the on the radio station with us. She's gonna laugh and um, tell your friends about us. Become a prayer partner with us. Become a uh, prayer international partner with us. Uh, we don't want you to send your tithing, but hey, uh, if the Lord talks to you, send these men a love offering to help pay for the broadcast. You know. If it's only a dollar, you know, uh, no love offerings too small, love offerings too large. You know, like I told Christopher today, I said, there's going to be a day if somebody don't want to send a, any any hard-earned money, if you have a yacht sitting down there in, in Pot of Venture Beach that, you, that you're not using, just sign it over to us. That way we can come out there and stay on the yacht while we're in Jacksonville. Huh? <laughs> Hey, did we let you? Sarah? Oh, she dropped off. Uh Uh-oh. She must have a yacht in Panamidia Beach. (laughs) God bless her. She must have just fell off. 